You just came out of the movie theater. You just watched Bullet Train. You got in the car with whoever we watched it with. You synced up your phone. You opened up concession impressions. You hit play. And now this is the talk, what we're talking about? This is... Oh, concession com- impressions. Concession impressions. Uh, I was not... Yeah, you know, this is the talk on the way home about the movie you just watched. And don't worry, you don't have to talk to each other about it because we're going to talk about it for you. But feel free to add in whenever you want. Talk to us back. Wow, what an interesting point about this movie. (laughs) Anyways, so welcome. My name is Michelangelo White. And as always, I am joined with... Charles Halbeck. And this is Concession Impressions. So we just finished watching... Yep. Bullet Train. Here in Burbank at the Batman movie theater. Is that what it's called? No, I don't know. But it has Batman out, a Batman statue outside. So there's like a few theaters here in Burbank. So they're all AMC too. So it's kind of confusing. The the big Does it one. still have the statue? You didn't see it going in? Like on the outside before you go up the escalator, there's a statue of Batman there. No. Nope, this didn't. is not really important. <laughs> oh, well. Just being very... Uh lacking vigilance today i guess it's a good sign nice well strap in because we're we're about to jump into a high speed conversation Woo! all right so i guess let's just start really quickly with what is your spoil free do you recommend someone to go watch this film take what 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 is your take on the film kind of take it or leave it if there's nothing else on and you want to go see a movie go see it otherwise like if it's not really your thing i understand (laughs) yeah i think it's very like if you're into fast paced action comedy like with bits of comedy Mm -hmm. then I think you'll like it. And I think after leaving the theater, um, my first impression was, if you like Deadpool 2, then you'll like this film. It's very Deadpool light, John Wick light. Yeah, like a mix of John Wick and Deadpool. Yeah. And it makes sense because the the director kind of worked on both those films. So, you know, it's, it's in the same vein as Deadpool where it's like, mostly action gory kind of a lot of blood but then also hints of comedy yeah so i think if you're into that i think you'll enjoy this film a lot i think it's very watchable it it, you know it definitely has like quite a few moments where i was like a little bored and kind of checking out but i think it's you know a decent time Mm -hmm. yeah I i would agree i think it's definitely not a must watch yeah, it's definitely not a, yeah. You don't have to watch this film, but might be a good time if you're free and you want to watch this kind of movie. Yeah. So that's it. All that's all we're gonna say about spoil free. From here on out, consider yourself warned that there is gonna be a, the whole movie is gonna be spoiled. So if you haven't watched it already, or if you don't care about watching it, then continue listening. Uh, and yeah, if you haven't watched it, then come back and listen to it later. But uh, yeah. So what is your thoughts about this film? First, I want to say. There's something I wanted to tell you that I waited to tell you after the film because I didn't want to, I wanted to wait for the record to, to tell you. But so the movie is called Bullet Train, which is a train. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's Shinkansen, right? Mm-hmm. Is in, in Japanese. And in English, we translate it to the bullet train because it goes really fast. But the characters for the movie are bullet train, like gun bullet train. Mm-hmm. So it's a little play on words also in the, the movie title. Oh, that's kind of clever. Even the Japanese is... Yeah. Like, the Japanese characters are gun, bullet, and then train. So, 
it, it's a play on words itself. It's like, fun. It's about the most clever thing about, about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It was it. It's David Leach film, so uh, he's the director. Uh, so like thinking like Deadpool, Mister Nobody. Uh, I don't know if he actually made Mister Nobody, but he his production company made Mister Nobody. I've noticed that he's either directed a lot of things, co-directed, stunt coordinator for a lot of films right. so it's kind of hard i kind of didn't know which one he also worked on but he did a lot of those action kind of films yeah so he actually originally started out as a stunt man and so i i there's kind of there's kind of an interesting thing that i think he's creating now which is a stunt man director so mm-hmm. you know how there's like directors directors there's actors directors i think he's kind of the first of the like stunt man directors where his entire directing philosophy is around creating stunts. Whereas if you think of like an actor's director, you think of somebody like Clint Eastwood, whose entire directing philosophy is about capturing actor performance. Mm-hmm. And I will say that the choreography for this film is d- done pretty well. Like a lot of the action scenes are, are interesting and unique. I, I I mean, for, you know, sometimes like you can only hit someone with the briefcase so many times, but, or so many different ways. But like, you know, they had a few interesting fight scenes. Um, I mean, they all have like this similar taste to it of like comedic action, but. That's kind of how I felt is they sort of ran together. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like in a better film, this is like a terrible film. It's a watchable film. It's just, I think, in if you think of something like Deadpool, those fights typically stand out because it's like, oh, this is the fight where Deadpool gets half his body chopped off and he's, like, reforming baby child legs while fighting somebody. Or, like, you know, uh, this is the fight scene where Domino, who's Zazzy Beats, is also in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, I, I think there's some similar through lines between Domino's fighting style and kind of how this movie, like... Domino is the, the lucky person in, in Deadpool, right? Right. Her superpower is that she's just super, super lucky. She, I was going to say that they took that character and Brad Pitt is that character in this film. He's the reverse of that character. Is he, though? Because technically, his, he had the best luck, right? Well, yeah. Because, like... He, he, well, he took in all of everyone else's around him's bad luck. But, and in doing so, he was, like, able to, like, give little bits of bad luck to other people, kind of. In a not like it wasn't like he was purposely doing it. This is just like his character flaw, more or less. It's like he has just criminally bad luck. Um, and uh, anyway, but what I was going to say is that I, I think there are more creative, clever fight scenes in some of those other movies. Whereas this one, I feel like there was just a lot of like we're in tight, close quarters, and I'm going to give you a karate chop. <laughs> yeah, I will say that if you want to see an action film, like. It's no Jackie Chan film. It's, no. There's so many like Hong Kong films or different action movies that do fight scenes a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, I will they say... They relate them to character better. That's yeah. What, that's what's really missing here. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing was... I will say that... Have you seen the new Matrix one that came out? Mm-hmm. Matrix 4? I think they did a... This movie did a lot better fighting... Did like a fight scene within the bullet train because they also have a scene in the new matrix where they're fighting within the shinkansen mm-hmm. and i feel like it was such a terrible scene and i think at least this did better than that but i mean the whole movie takes place in the train so i guess it it, sh- it should have done a better job but but even that like so like this is 
you've actually been on the on the actual Shinkan. I don't know. Shinkansen. I'm not going to attempt to, yeah. to say that correctly. Which is, I've actually been on the train from Tokyo to Kyoto several times back and forth, uh, and going taking the Shinkansen to um, like other places. I mean, I've taken it all over the place. So yes, I have very right. good experience with it. Why is 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 it accurate that there would be no like vibrations? No. Okay. So that's the thing that like the logic does not make sense. First, first of all, like uh, geographically, geologically, no. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Locationally wise. Okay. Is it geo- geographically? Yeah. So geographically speaking, the movie didn't make sense because first they left at night. They got to Kyoto by like morning. Mm-hmm. So unless they left at like four in the morning that it wouldn't make sense. But I don't believe trains in Japan kind of stop around 12 and they kind of pick up at like 6. So there's no way that this train would have left because, sorry, also I have to say, the train ride entirely is like 3 hours. Yeah. So it felt weird. Like, it felt like they're on the train for a long time. Um, Also, it's kind of the opposite where usually when you get on on Tokyo you'll be like, oh, there's not that many people on this train. But as you keep going multiple stops, more and more people will get on. And I feel like it's the opposite of where by the time they get to Kyoto, you'll have like almost like a full train where this one was like each stop, it was like less and less people, Um, which I'm just going to throw it out there again because we're just still talking about seats, that it didn't make sense at the end where the bad guy is like, yes, I know that no one's on the train anymore because I bought all the tickets, all the seats. Which, like, doesn't make sense because does that mean that everyone was bought their tickets to get off at earlier stops? Maybe. But, like, I don't know. That logic kind of didn't make sense to me at all. But, I mean, a lot of these things didn't make sense. Yeah. I, I mean... But wait, sorry. I want to say one more thing. Sorry, because, geogra- like, speaking of location and everything, also there there's a point near the end where, like, oh, we're almost at Kyoto. And you see, like, Mount Fuji and, like, a body of water. First of all, Mount Fuji, there's, like, it's not like next to an ocean or something. It looked like it was like surrounded by water everywhere. Like it's not like that. And also Mount Fuji is like pretty close to Tokyo. It would have been like at the first stop or something. So I think these are all signs that this was not made by a Japanese director, which is one of the problems. Yeah. And also like a lot of the places that like it looked like a, that they saw like 1980s Japan Mm-hmm. And they kind of like, that looks cool. Like that Neo kind of like, uh, you know, old Japanese style kind of thing with like neon lights and everything. We're like, that's that's kind of, let's copy that. Tokyo doesn't look anything like that anymore. And like a lot of the stops they went to doesn't look like that. Kyoto doesn't look like that. None of those like locations looked anything similar to what they looked like. Uh, and, and yeah, that's kind of some of my points. Yeah. No, I think it uh, it doesn't have a great sense of production design for me like pretty much all of the production design felt very generic and kind of lacking for what i feel like was probably spent for it um like uh there were like maybe a couple of scenes that had some like kind of very interesting production set design like when they went to and did a flashback of some yakuza hideout or something and that was kind of colorful and fun uh and then there was like the one car train that had the the stupid comic book character <laughs> which i will say that that does sometimes happen yeah. not in trains but um like for instance i remember they did a thing where 
ooh, I don't know what film it was, but it was like some kind of Disney film, I think, or something like that. And they kind of redid the plane to be mm-hmm. like Disney. And I think like that maybe might happen something along that, but it won't be like to that extent. And also like no one, like the people working there, the, you know, the attendants and everything, when they're walking through, like they, if they would see you like bloodied and, and you know, they would be like, what are you doing in this room? And like, why are you panting and, and sweaty and bloody and, you know. There were literally only two employees. Yeah, yeah. And one of them was an assassin. Yeah, so it. Oh, no, there were two employees and one they of... were the two Asian characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this movie's supposed to be set in Japan. But yeah, no, I mean, there are there are two Asian characters who have any lines Which, at all. Well, you mean the, 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 the father and the son. Mm-hmm. You mean the grandfather and the... Whatever. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The grandfather is the father of the That's younger true. father. Father and son. <laughs> yeah. Which is kind of... Yeah. And even, like, the bad people were... Like, that's the thing, which is... It gets... I, I remember when I was, like, looking at the film a little bit, a lot of the negative kind of hate about it was that it was criticized for, for whitewashing. Because uh, I don't know if you know... Uh, it's based on a book, based on a novel, and I want it. Also, I actually read some of it. I read good ten pages or so, and then I flipped through the rest of it because uh, I, I I I found it last night, and I was just like, I'm not gonna read this entire thing tonight, and I uh, probably shouldn't because I have to work in the morning. Uh, but I will say that they kind of kept a lot of the characters, and they did keep the storytelling aspect a little bit or at least in the um in the book it kind of jumps between the different characters and Mm -hmm. like their stories which it kind of it does do that in the movie it does that in the movie but i think that was a mistake for the movie to do that i think it you mean like going into each character's backstory breaking it up in the way that they did because i think uh in breaking it up into these like 10 15 minute segments uh, where we kind of followed a different character, which that's another thing to talk about is how really terrible the trailer is compared to the movie, because it really gives a very different impression of what the movie is, which is going to be more like a thrilling thing following uh, Brad Pitt's character the whole time. And really, Brad Pitt isn't in this movie as much as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of there in the beginning, the middle, and the end, but he's not—he's not really there throughout the whole movie. Most of the movie is actually following all these side characters. Yeah, and actually care more for the side. You don't really care about Brad Pitt's. I agree with that as well. Character at Although all. Although I, I found Brad Pitt, you know, being one of the highlights of the movie. I think there's Brad Pitt and mm-hmm. um, the two Fruit Brothers. Yeah, Lemon and Tangerine. <laughs> Lemon and Tangerine. Yeah, I think Brian uh, Tyree Henry, uh, yeah. the one who does Lemon. I think he did a great job. And just really quickly, I think. I felt like they were kind of the main characters almost. I think they had the most develop development of all of the characters, for sure. Yeah. And I will say that I think my favorite part of the film, since we're talking about those characters, was their relationship to each other. Yeah. And how, like, they hate each other, it seemed like, a little bit, but then they're also family and they care about each other. And they had, like, I think I will give it to them that the they stopped the action for little beats to just give them emotional time to just like care about each other and i think that was probably my favorite part of the film i think the the issue with it was 
that there was nothing guiding us through that was keeping the tension growing throughout. So every time they stopped and like switched to a different character perspective or what did a a flashback or uh, slowed down the pace, it like halted the movie. And we were just like at a zero tension level again, which I think is a mistake. I think if we had like some kind of um, using the Alfred Hitchcock's bomb under the table principle, some kind of countdown where we knew that the bomb was going to go off or something that kept us like at a reasonable level of tension as we got closer and closer to that time bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, something. I don't know what that would be in this case, but something. They kind of have it. But then like they were like, oh, the, the next stop, you're going to die. And then it's like, OK, never mind. The next stop after this one, we're right. going gonna to kill you this time if you don't do it. And then it's like keep it's like they keep setting the timer on the bomb a little bit back just to mm-hmm. keep the movie going. Um, and there are certain things that are just so stupid with how they kept the movie going on a certain course, which are like they almost they almost try to make a joke out of it and they do make a joke out of it. But it's almost it's not totally, totally making up for how stupid some of the reasons why they are still on the train. You mean like the like the little girl in her fucking bag? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Or uh, or like, how did the guy jump onto the train that's supposedly going however many? Well, I will say that for their credit, the train doesn't actually go that fast until it like kind of completely leaves the station for a little while. So okay. it kind of like picks up speed. So I would say that it does make sense. How he got onto the train and like held Punched onto it, <laughs> it's kind of very smooth. And I don't know how he was able to hold on after it started picking up speed. Yeah. And then, like, punched through the, like, window <laughs> to get inside. That didn't make sense. I mean, a lot of the logic in the film doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. And then, and then another thing is, like, some of the side characters were so stupid. Like, what was her, what was Sazie Beats' character's name? I can't even remember. Viper? Venom? Hawk? Something? Hawk? What? No. No. Um, it was um, Hornet. Hornet. Um, her character, her whole dialogue is literally say something bitch and then she just says bitch every five seconds as she's dying (laughs) and it's so stupid her character is so dumb yeah i i will say and that's like that for sure yeah her character also like bad bunny's character and he didn't say a thing which he's like he's like a very big celebrity right now he howled he he howled like a wolf for 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 no reason what is that oh he's because he's the wolf the wolf right um, yeah, I mean, a lot of characters, when you look at the, the trailer and you see, like, oh, there's a lot of, like, big names in this film. Mm-hmm. Other than, like, not even Brad Pitt. Like, other than Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson, a lot of the other characters aren't really in it too much. No, they're only in it for, like, a couple of scenes to get killed, basically. Yeah. Um, even, like, Karen Fukuhara. Fukuhara. She, I, I don't understand why she would take such a limited role. Like, uh, right? And she's been, like... She, she's popping off right now. Yeah, she has a lot of big stuff that she's been in. and Because she's in The Boys. She's in The Boys, which I think that's really been her biggest thing right now is The Boys, where she plays a fucking action character. I thought she was going to be, like, a like hidden spy. Yeah, yeah, or something. And something. I was like, oh, she just gets, like, she killed or something, like, in, like, five seconds. Think- does she get killed? I, I mean, she gets knocked out, and then the whole train explodes. Yeah, in. So I think dies. I think that she's most likely dead. She says, "What does she say?" Uh, 
do you guys want anything? Yeah. And then she says, oh, it's going to be $10. And that's all she says. And she says it in Japanese. And then that's kind of it. Um, it's literally like a nameless role. Like, I don't like it's wild. Like, I don't know if she may have signed on to this project earlier. Maybe that's why she's doing it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I it, don't know. But it's wild that she she would ever take a role like this now nowadays. Yeah. Who she is. Or but... like Sandra Bullock. Bullock? Bullock. <laughs> Bollock. Sandra Bullock. Bollocks. So Sandra, I, yeah, she because I feel like well, she's actually weirdly she's the the original book was called Maria Beetle, and mm-hmm. that's the character she's playing. So I think it's potential that they're trying to set up something maybe for like a second a sequel movie to this. I don't know if they're ever gonna get that, um, but yeah, she's kind of just doing a like a brief character cameo. Which actually, apparently, this role was originally going to be a Lady Gaga character, but she uh, had timing difficulties with uh, Gucci, House of Gucci. Uh-huh. So Sandra Bullock just stepped in last minute. But I actually think the reason that they got Sandra Bullock, and big spoiler here, there's a couple of different cameos. Yeah. There's a cameo with... Um, Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah. What, what's, what is his name? Oh, God. It's terrible. I just typed in Magic Mike and it just gave me the um, show in Las Vegas. <laughs> what is his name? He's a very famous guy. Uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. So that has then... a cameo by Channing Tatum and the, and the cameo... Deadpool himself. Yeah. Ryan... Ryan Reynolds cameos. So I think the cameo for Ryan Reynolds is basically repayment for the cameo that Brad Pitt did in, in... the second Deadpool. Oh, oh, so I think uh, the reason that Channing Tatum and uh, Sandra Bullock are in this movie is because Brad Pitt did a brief role in The Lost City, uh, their oh, movie earlier this year. That's right, because they did the trailer, right, where he, like, he is the actual, like, kind mm-hmm. of image of the character in all her books or some of that. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it's just all these big uh, yesteryear celebrities. <laughs> Not that they're really yesteryear, but they're kind of they're kind of past their prime. Now, that's a ter- Don't include <laughs> that. <laughs> it's not that they're past their prime. It's just that they are are no longer the biggest superstar uh, celebrities right now. But they are all incredibly big movie stars that all are, have, like, the ability to be incredibly charming. Um, yeah. And I, I, and I think, like you said, I, other than Brad Pitt, which I think he does a great job, I think. I think he's really fun in the role. Other than that, yeah, I guess it's kind of, like, a, kind of weird and, like, all these characters that aren't i don't know it's all of the characters i thought were were fun and goofy and that's kind of that's what this movie is is it's trying to be just a a sort of um cast of weirdos uh in a kind of guy ritchie-esque tarantino-esque like hyper violence flick and so it's kind of like like what if tarantino made um the orient express <laughs> I yeah, kind of. A little only bit. was bad. <laughs> yeah. And didn't have a central theme or any kind of guiding storytelling mechanism. Like like that's that's the, that's my biggest problem is really the structure of the film. As I think if you had if you set up the briefcase, kind of like even if you looked at like something like um uh pulp fiction that's told in a very similar way where you have all these kind of like patchworks of different people doing different things and and there's still a guiding mystery and there's a a driving force that leads us to the very end of the movie. And that's kind of what is missing for me for this movie is it is just a kind of fun action assassination thriller kind of film 
but it's only really tense and fun in like these 15 minute clips and it keeps restarting. So by the end, you're just kind of exhausted and you want it to be over. And this movie is two hours fucking long and it shouldn't be. There should like this movie would have been great. Yeah, it, it was like an hour so and much, a half. It could have been so much like they, they tried to get it. You know, I kind of want to read the book and see how they how different it is, like how they handle it, because it does actually all the chapters in the book are actually all the stops along the way so i'm kind of curious to see like what's the difference but i I think the book is also an action comedy kind of book so yeah but yeah it just kind of like it felt weird especially like in the middle what each stop they're like oh we have to have a stop like what's gonna be the excuse how do we keep this film going how do we keep brad pitt on the train how do we like do this all and i think it just like it feels convoluted at times. It, it didn't, yeah, it didn't have to be that long, or it could have just been like they missed the stop because they were fighting or some of that. Like, but also it doesn't make sense because why? If there's if they see someone fighting on the train, they would just arrest them or some of that. I some of that I can give some like license to. Like I don't. That's in the the area where I'm like, okay, I'm on board. They're fighting. At least they're doing something interesting. You know, True. Like, no one wants to watch a movie about people being responsible. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, but the real crime for me here is that they allowed the tension to die every 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a huge, huge mistake. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think the, the other crime for me is I thought it lacked some set direction in a really interesting way like it could have been so colorful and interesting and so fun with all these wild characters and uh and then the other thing it kind of lacked for me was fun camera angles there were a couple of nice scenes like the water bottle i liked that that was actually a a pretty fun scene that was like one of the few scenes that were actually kind of interesting yeah um which that's a that's a type of shot that is becoming much more popular nowadays which i'm intrigued because it's basically a brand new kind of shot it is i where do i remember seeing it before like there's like a bullet shot right it's like that um, like they see, like you see the bullet get made and then it gets in the gun and then you, like it shoots someone or something like that. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I want to say it's, uh, another action, uh, movie that's made by like a stuntman. I think it, it feels like a, like it might've been Deadpool or John Wick. Cause that's the guy who, he, this guy it made might've, those. Yeah, it, um, but anyways, like, yeah, definitely it, I cannot completely understand what you're saying. I have a question for you, and I, I want to say, like, I don't know if it's me, and I don't, like, want to be, like, oh, I'm so cool kind of thing, because, like, I, like I said, like, so I speak Japanese. I speak Japanese. I, I can say it. Um, <laughs> it is a skill that you, you possess. Uh, You're I, also married to a Japanese citizen. <laughs> yeah. I lived in Japan, and I will say that, for me, it was, like, not necessarily cringy but like kind of felt weird to me because i'm like this is not how it is at all but i'm always thinking like oh how does everyone else around me think about this like do they understand like oh this is japanese like this is what japanese culture is like or this is like what japan is or like do they even consider it or like they're like oh it's asia like kind of like that is that kind of how it is like how how do you feel like about it i would say that i'm probably more informed on the differences between Japan and other Asian countries than your average person. Because I am a dirty weep. But, um, (laughs) uh, so, like, I could tell that it was made by an American. Yeah, Uh, I, okay. And I think, because especially there are so many, like, great Japanese films that kind of have a similar vibe to this. 
like you could think of even like the granddaddy of all of these kinds of films, which is something like Seven Samurai or no, well kind any, of any any Seven Samurai maybe a little Akira bit. But I was films. thinking of uh, Battle Royale. Oh, I okay in the same vein of like style like you would like saying. just a it's a film about people murdering each other yeah which is actually a very japanese right thing i think because i think battle royale was kind it's of a maybe, japanese film was yeah. a like kind of what started it right like kind of style i, I, I think i want to say some what? yeah it's at least an early example of it okay uh but the thing that that has is one there is a winner at the end so you're following these different characters trying to figure out who's going to win. And so there's a real tension to it because none of these characters are like actual assassins and you, there's no character who's already been picked out as your main character. That's one of the problems is because we know Brad Pitt is already going to make it to the end. Secondly, uh, there's a very potent political message that that movie is trying to, to convey. And this movie is not. <laughs> Oh, are you saying this movie has a as a this movie has no political message whatsoever? Battle Royale is a very potent anti-capitalist film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah, definitely. And I think that adds a layer to it that keeps you thinking even in the slow moments. Whereas in this movie, it kind of lives or dies on the characters. I think, and the characters are fun. Some of them, some of them are very underdeveloped. Some of them are really stupid. Zazie Beetz's character, I find very offensive. Actually, all the female characters, I think, are pretty bad in this. Yes, definitely. Like, they're very underwritten. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, mean, I think none of the characters are really written well. I would say, or have any development or any like yeah. story or anything. Or um, driving motivation, mm-hmm. other than just like they're on a job. Because then, like, yeah, like, it, it kind of didn't make sense. Because, like, they're like, all right, we messed up the job. They just leave. Why would they just, like, Yes, leave? why wouldn't you just get off the train that you know is heading to where the guys are going to kill you? Just get off the fucking train. And, like, they're all specialists. Just, like, <laughs> they can probably figure out a way to hide or they have connections to, like, safe house. I yeah. don't know, like, anything other they than. They literally don't know who each other are because they all have code names. Because they even made that point, which is they're like, oh, we don't know who Lemon looks like, right? Like, how do they even, <laughs> yeah. how do they even, like, they can they just think walk. They twin. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're just going to walk off the train and no one can, would know. Just, like, put on a suit or change your clothes and then just walk home. Like, why? I don't Like, the yeah. whole thing didn't make sense. Uh, also, I will just say that even though it does have a lot of, like, backlash on whitewashing, I think Brad Pitt did a good job. And, and some of the, like, um, Tangerine and Lemon were kind of interesting characters, and, and I did like that. All the acting I thought was pretty good. I will say, though, I think that there could have been more... Asian representation in the film. Definitely. And the ones that they not were in, in there. classic stereotypes of Asian people yeah. defending their honor. and Proverbs, like, samurai swords. <laughs> like, like, it's I, like they've only ever met Asian people through Akira Kurosawa films. Yeah, right? And the thing is, like, like you've seen Drive My Car, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of great actors. Oh Jeff, my god, like, there's diversity of people. People aren't monoliths. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean even even not just Japanese actors, but yeah. like there's so many like actors that could have Asian actors that could have replaced yeah. a lot of these roles that I think would have been more I mean, interesting. We are in a heyday of Asian led and Asian driven content that I think it is a mistake that this movie was not one directed by somebody who was either Japanese or somehow close to Japanese culture, uh, if it's going to be set in Japan in kind of 
talking about Japanese culture a little bit, I think, because I think it partially is talking about Japanese culture. Yeah, yeah, I would、uh, say so. In in the、uh, the kind of work life culture. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that is a direct reference that this movie is trying to make but failing because it doesn't understand that that's a thing. Whereas I I imagine maybe the original might because it was actually written by a Japanese person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And、uh, I mean, there are so many great Asian actors in Asian movies that have been released in the last few years that all of them could have had great roles in this. And I think you could have had almost an entirely Asian cast, except for maybe the Russian guy, because he seems to have to be. And and then I think Hornet is supposed to be an American assassin. Uh huh. I I, I didn't read the book, so I don't know if the characters were what they were. But、yeah. I could. I feel like they could have, even if they weren't. I feel like they could have. Been. And I think like it did an okay job with having some diversity,、mm-hmm. but it I think it could have done better. And I think it it kind of was like, oh hey, we're hiring these Japanese actors, so we're we're fine, right? But then it's like, okay, you hire them, they have because do you notice I forgot his name, but like the guy from Hero or Heroes, yeah, he was、show? he was another just like side character with one line. He what did he like, just like ticket please? Like he literally、yeah. he just says ticket please, and it's like and gives a like nasty look at the white like, and white guy. He could have like there's so many wasted ta- like so much wasted talent in this film, especially with the Asian actors. Like they didn't have any role in the film. They could have had so so like they could have just replaced it and you know. I think it, it's just. This is a movie that needed a rework in the script, and it needed possibly a different director. Not that I don't really enjoy、um, David Leach as a kind of stunt director. I think he doesn't care enough about story for this kind of movie to make a real impact, as opposed to something like Deadpool, which is his his big movie that he's directed, which has. The story kind of already caked in. He doesn't have to write that. He doesn't have to think about it. Yeah, and, and he and he did Deadpool two, which wasn't even as good as Deadpool one. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. I'm just taking stabs now. But okay, so overall, we'll just say that the movie had a lot of bad points. It was a lot of action, a lot of blood,、uh, comedy, and I think it did some of those parts right. But I think overall, it it's lacking in all of lacking.、It. Which so going into the final results. Um, rankings and everything. Again, a bad film would be the worst. Raisinets slightly better than that. Hot dog, which would be bad results. And then good, like a good film, would either be popcorn or peanut M and M's. Obviously, peanut M and M's being the best.、Um, I would say that my ranking for this film would be a hot dog. I would say I'm. See, that's the thing is that it's watchable for me. Like I could see myself putting it on in the background and enjoying it. So I would maybe give it just barely a popcorn. The I would the say very I, slightest popcorn. I would say that it was on the the hot dog popcorn side、Cusp. for me. Yeah. Uh, I think it just kind of became hot dog in the end. I will say that it was just like hot dog for me, and I don't know, like especially talking about it, I'm just like, there's so many bad points about the it. The more you it, think it, about it, the worse it gets. <laughs> but I think that's the film is that like don't think about it. Yeah. Um, just en- try to enjoy it, but then it, it kind of leaves you wanting, right? And I think that's kind of what the hot dog was, right?、Mm. You, it's tasty, like you would enjoy it, like you would enjoy watching the film, but it would still leave you wanting more. And I think the hot dog, you just eat it, and then two minutes in, you're kind of just like, "Well, that was tasty, but I what now? I don't、mm-hmm. have popcorn. I don't have peanut M&Ms." I think、so. it has to be just a little, 
less satisfying for it to be a hot dog because that's really what makes a film a hot dog film for me is something that is like I, I can't sit there and watch it throughout the entire running length of the film um but it's not like a bad concept it's not a terrible film that would be a raisinette it's like it's got good bones but it doesn't have all the right things it needs to be a fully satisfying film which is kind of what this is so i'm like i'm like right there with you i'm on the cusp okay it's like a it's like a so so far you've only given popcorn reviews <laughs> i have more to it i'm just kidding well we'll see we'll see what the next one is but i think most films are popcorn films that's our review. That's our thoughts. That's our concession impression. We hope you enjoy. And, you know, I would say still check out the film. I think, you know, if you're into films, I think watch it. If not, listen to it and we kind of explain it all. But it's what it is. It's a hot dog for me. But we'll see you next time at the movies. This is Concession Impressions. Bye. Bye. Till next week, everyone. Actually, I do have one question for you. Okay. What Thomas the Tank Engine character are you? I think I think I'm Thomas, because I I think I can. You think you can? I think I can. That's his thing, right? As he always says, I think I can. He does. Yeah. He's a good little engine that could. I know it's a it's a different thing, is it? Isn't it? I don't know. What was the negative one? The bad one? In this? Uh, diesel. I'm a diesel. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Concession Impressions. The show is hosted and produced by Charles Helbeck and myself, Michelangelo White. This episode's music was created by Joe Hart. The show logo and the editing for this episode was done by the wickedly talented Amy White. Anyways, that's all for this episode. I will catch you guys in the next one. Have a good week, y'all.